0: Good evening and welcome to E-Bible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 21 of Revelation chapter 1. And we're going to be reading from verse 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so, amen. Amen. We started to look at the first part of this verse in our last Bible study, and we're going to continue looking at the word clouds. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And, of course, in order to understand what God means by clouds, we don't look up into the sky, or we don't check the Weather Bureau. We turn to the Bible. Because God will define his own terms. And when we do go to the Bible, we find some interesting things. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says in verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And this is a wonderful verse coming uh, at the beginning of chapter 12, following the faith chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, where God went through the Old Testament and mentioned great people of faith. That is, great people of Christ as faith, saving faith, is the faith of Christ. So it was by faith that these men and women of God did various exploits, and that is by or through the Lord Jesus Christ. And and then Hebrews 12 opens up, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses... Now this statement is following what God had just been speaking about all of the people of faith. He, he told us of Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Sarah and Moses and, and so on. A wonderful people of faith and they are called a cloud of witnesses. Well, does that mean that The cloud is referring to these true believers, these these people who uh, exhibited wonderful faith in their lives. No, no, the cloud is referring to where we read about these people. Where do we find information about Noah? Only in the Bible. Where do we find information concerning Moses and and Joseph and, and these others? In the Bible, as we read the Bible. And so the Bible itself is a cloud of witnesses. All 66 books are a witness and a testimony to the Lord God himself. And so God speaks of the scriptures as a cloud of witnesses. Well, that's, that's one verse that's helpful. But... We want to keep searching and see if there's anything else that can confirm that idea. And we do find in the book of Proverbs in chapter 16, another interesting statement in verse 15. It says in the light of the king's countenance is life and in and his favor is as a cloud of the latter rain. Now, that is interesting to us because we know that the latter rain is a way of speaking that God uses to identify the outpouring of his great blessing during the time of the Great Tribulation when he saved a number of people that cannot be counted, a great multitude, the Bible calls it, from all over the earth. How were those people saved? by the latter rain and and what does that mean was there some special miraculous rain that fell all over the world no not literally there was no rain could could bring the blessing of god no physical water falling from the sky could produce precious fruit that is spiritually speaking of god's elect But it was rain that fell across the earth as the word of God was proclaimed. As the scriptures went forth and as they were faithfully declared and taught, God blessed this action and spiritually the rain fell and produced a good crop of of fruitfulness. Many became saved. Well, if the word of God falling is likened to the rain, and the rain comes from the clouds, well, since the latter rain comes from the Bible, and here, again, the last part of verse 15 of Proverbs chapter 16 says, his favor is as a cloud of the latter rain. So the cloud must also identify with the the word of God, the Bible. That's where the rain falls from, from the scriptures. And so that's another piece of evidence. But we have an excellent place to turn that really gives a solid confirmation of what the clouds are referring to. We find this in Numbers chapter 9. I'm going to read a passage beginning in verse 17 through the end of the chapter, verse 23. In Numbers nine seventeen, and And when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after that the children of Israel journeyed. And in the place where the cloud abode, there the children of Israel pitched their tents. At the commandment of Jehovah the children of Israel journeyed, and at the commandment of Jehovah they pitched. As long as the cloud abode upon the tabernacle they rested in their tents. And when the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle many days, then the children of Israel kept the charge of Jehovah and journeyed not. And so it was when the cloud was a few days upon the tabernacle, according to the commandment of Jehovah, they abode in their tents. And according to the commandment of Jehovah, they journeyed. And so it was when the cloud abode from even unto the morning And that the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they journeyed. Whether it was by day or by night, that the cloud was taken up, they journeyed. Or whether it were two days, or a month, or a year, that the cloud tarried upon the tabernacle, remaining thereon, the children of Israel abode in their tents, and journeyed not. But when it was taken up, they journeyed. At the commandment of Jehovah they rested in the tents, and at the commandment of Jehovah, they journeyed. They kept the charge of Jehovah at the commandment of Jehovah by the hand of Moses. And that's the conclusion of the chapter. Now, God set up a picture, a vivid illustration that he wanted his people, Israel, to follow. He gave them an outward, visible, indicator of when they were to journey and when they were to remain and not journey and it had to do with the cloud upon the tabernacle as long as the cloud remained upon the tabernacle they were to remain in that place that they were if the cloud was taken up and began to move then the Israelites were to uh, pack their tents and their belongings and follow. They were to move along with it and to break camp. When the cloud settled back down and rested and journey not, Israel was to stop their movement and likewise to pitch camp, to pitch their tents and to settle and not move. God used the cloud as a means of commanding Israel and directing their movements. And notice that it's almost interchangeable in the passage we read. The cloud was taken up. It said in verse 17 from the tabernacle. When the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after that, the children of Israel journeyed. Notice the beginning of verse 18 at the commandment of Jehovah the children of Israel journey. So the clouds movement is likened to the commandment of Jehovah. And what is the commandment of Jehovah? It's the word of God. All the Bible is basically a law book. It is full of commandments of God. And here the cloud is likened repeatedly in these verses to God's commandment so we have Hebrews 12 verse 1's reference to a great cloud of witnesses and that cloud is found in the Bible only we have a cloud of the latter rain and and that has to point to the Bible only and we have God identifying the cloud with the commandment of Jehovah again and again in Numbers chapter 9. So we can see that this is God's way of defining what he means by the clouds. Well, now let's think about that our verse. In Revelation 1 verse 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him. Now, we just cannot jump to um, a natural conclusion which is very easy to do. We're trained, we're conditioned by this world to just accept and, and take the plain, literal meaning. And actually, the churches, many of them of our day, teach that in their seminaries. They teach their pastors. Look for the plain, literal meaning of Scripture and not for any other, the The churches today despise the idea of looking for a spiritual meaning and yet in doing so they're despising the truth of the Bible. They're despising God's methodology. This is what God has established. It's why Christ spoke in parables. It's why God has given us a book called Proverbs. It's why that Job, it says, continued his parable. It's why... We we read so many things in the history of the Bible, in the Old Testament, and then in the New Testament, God fills us in on the spiritual meaning of them, that Sarah and, and Hagar, the Egyptian, were likened to covenants, and their children, uh, one of the bondwoman and one of the free. You don't read that in the history, but... We read that in the interpretation that God gives us because he's trying to teach us again and again and again. And yet the natural minded man is so hard and and so dense for that idea to penetrate and get through into our minds. We're so stubborn and rebellious against God and really It's a result of being so dead in sin that we have no spiritual life, that the natural man has no spiritual eyes to see these things or ears to hear them. And so he he just uh, naturally goes in the direction that his heart lies and he does not look for deeper spiritual things. Well, the book of revelation is full of parabolic statements and here we find one behold he cometh with clouds we are not to think well this is a literal uh, reference at this point then why not you you can't be serious someone saying you're you're just um confusing things the bible made a plain statement how can you say it's not literal clouds that Christ is coming in. well, let's look at a couple of verses in matthew twenty six it says, and this is when the Lord Jesus went before the Jewish council right before their uh, they turn him over to Pilate, and it says in in matthew chapter twenty six verse sixty two and the high priest arose and said unto him. Answerest thou nothing? What is what is it which these witness against thee? But Jesus held his peace, and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God, that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven? Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. Well, let's, let's stop a second and let's consider what we just read, especially in verse 64. Hereafter... Jesus says to the high priest, and really he is a representative of Israel, Shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven? Did the high priest or Israel from that point on, as hereafter means from now, from this point, did they see the Son of Man sitting? literally on the right hand of power and coming literally in the clouds of heaven. And notice the great similarity with that statement in our verse in Revelation 1, verse 7. That, um, behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him. Well, here Jesus is saying, you will see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. A very similar statement. Did Israel, did the high priest and the people of Israel see this literally with their eyes? And the answer is no. No, they did not. But what did Christ mean? Well, we actually have a way of uh, I think understanding this when we follow this wording the right hand of power or the right hand for instance we read in acts chapter 2 in acts 2 in verse 32 this jesus has god raised up whereof we are all witnesses therefore being by the right hand of god exalted there is the reference to the right hand, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this, which he now see and here. for David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, Jehovah, said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand, again a reference to the right hand of God, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, What shall we do? You see, Christ said, Hereafter, shall ye see, that's not with their physical eyes, but we'll we'll look at that word, uh, and, and it's also the idea, every eye shall see him, in our verse in Revelation a little later. But Jesus said, hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. That is, Israel, as the high priest was the representative of the people of Israel, to a uh, God word they would have it proved to them from the Word of God from the scriptures, as uh, God's people would witness, and they would see the testimony of what had happened to Christ and his rising from the dead, and the witness of his disciples from that point forward, and they would understand. As it says in Acts 2.36, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified both Lord and Christ. Now not only in Acts 2, but look at Acts chapter 5 in verse 29 through uh, 33. It says then peter and the other apostles answered and said we ought to obey god rather than men because they had been stopped by the the jewish authorities of preaching jesus and and as it said in the previous verse filling jerusalem with their doctrine then in verse 30 the god of our fathers raised up jesus whom ye slew and hanged on a tree notice again the declaration the witness That which will convict Israel. Then verse 31, Him has God exalted with His right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are His witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God has given to them that obey Him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Now, with the one group of Jews back in Acts 2, they were pricked in their heart and, and God, uh, was drawing them to salvation. In this case, with these Jews, they were cut to the heart and it indicated they were not God's elect. Yet, whether pricked and, and someone drawn to the Lord or cut someone who is not uh, chosen and therefore uh, to be drawn, both were being convicted by the fact that Christ was raised to the right hand of God. And Israel could not get away from it, from the declaration of the testimony of Christ and, and his people and of the word of God itself, that they had done this. Now, let's just go to one more place in Acts. In Acts chapter 7, when Stephen is uh, also before a Jewish council, and, and he is declaring the word of God to them, recounting Israel's history. And then it says in verse 55, But he, being full, the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven, and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. There it is again, the right hand of God. And then verse 56, And said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord. And that, of course, finally they stoned him. So again, they were convicted, as Christ testified to Caiaphas, the high priest of Israel, at the time that the Lord Jesus stood before him. Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power, and coming in the clouds of heaven, not with their physical eyes, but they would see as the scriptures would be declared and God would convict them by his word. Now, it's important to realize that uh, even though they resisted the Holy Ghost, they put their hands to their ears. Nonetheless, they saw the Lord Jesus coming in the clouds of heaven. And that can only be a reference to the word of God. They saw him. Israel did, whether saved or unsaved. They saw him coming as the scriptures presented what he had done, that he was the Messiah. Some uh, reacted quite angrily to that and, and gnashed with their teeth and so on. Yet they nonetheless saw him as, as the Lord Jesus had prophesied and had declared. And so the coming in the clouds, once again, is pointing to the word of God. And it can also mean coming in judgment. As Israel was judged by God when Christ went to the cross and the veil of the temple was rent in twain, no longer were they his holy people, no longer... Were they his representatives upon earth? They no longer pictured the kingdom of heaven to the world. God had forsaken them. And the word of God was declaring this judgment upon them. And so Christ was coming in the clouds uh, again and again as these things were declared to the people of Israel. It did not mean that they had to literally see him. As a matter of fact, it could not have meant that in any way. So what are we to do with Revelation 1 verse 7? Behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him. This is a way of God stating that the Lord Jesus comes in his word. Now this is, this is very important. It's very significant for us today, because Matthew 24, and I'll read from verse 29 and following, says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. That is, after the tribulation, and just to remind us all, the tribulation ended on May 21, 2011, after a complete and exact 23 years. And immediately after, we have learned, was Judgment Day and God Remove the light of the gospel. He darkened the sun, spiritually speaking. And that is the sign in the spiritual heaven that the word of God establishes. As a scroll is rolled out, God places these lights in the spiritual heavenly bodies. And God has rolled up that scroll and he has put out the lights of the gospel to this world. And in so doing, they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven, in the word of God, the Bible, in the commandment of Jehovah. In the clouds, the the Bible will testify. The Bible will witness to the truth that God has brought about the day of judgment with power and great glory. This is what Matthew 24, 30 is declaring, and it's what Revelation 1, verse 7 is picking up on.